0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like baseball, is back and likely a huge waste of your time. My (laughs) name is Nate Heininger and I am joined as always by my co-host Ben Samorka. Hi everybody. And this week we are going to be talking about the last week of spring training. We're going to make some bold predictions for the 2022 Cardinal season and we're going to talk about some news and notes from around the league. have an idea for the opening joke tweet us at talk about birds well ben we made it we're here Holy. You're listening to this episode it's opening if you're listening to this episode on the day it comes out it's opening day baby
1: i mean we're lucky to even be here i think like there was a point a couple of months ago where baseball things weren't even happening players couldn't be talking to organizations i was crying in the corner of my basement constantly refreshing Twitter for anything to come down the pike and 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 here we are we did it I did it it was me
0: you you did it Uh, me and me alone a lot of doom and gloom this offseason yeah Uh, and I think pretty well warranted it was pretty bleak there for a little while
1: Uh, (laughs) I mean we had reports I, I think Buster Olney said about 75 times over the winter that there is the relationship between the union and the MLB has never been this bad, not in 1993 and not in lockouts, you know, past and, and the, the vitriol that was being spewed back and forth and the way that Max Scherzer was talking about and uh, about everything. And then you hear the reports that Max Scherzer's being too mean at the negotiation table and, you know, all this stuff. I mean, it really doom and gloom. I think that that's where we were. And it wasn't that long ago. Um, It is also, I would like to add, it is insane to me that spring training is already over. We didn't even have that week of like, this is boring. Who are these guys? It was just go, 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 go the entire time.
0: Yeah. And and this is technically baseball should have started last week. Right. right? This is with the new schedule that was forced because of the lockout. So ultimately no main, uh, no regular season games were lost and we're getting ourselves a handful of extra doubleheaders full nine inning double headers, which I think is actually kind of fun. Um, I, have wondered yeah, I'm sure if, that. I have wondered if this is going to result in, in some more changes to the structure of the season. Um, th- there are some players who have asked for a shorter spring training, uh, just in general. I'd ultimately be surprised because I think more people prefer the longer spring training than that. But for those who wanted a quicker spring training, we got it this year. And from a fan's perspective, I don't know, because this was also really confusing and and frustrating every day that there wasn't spring training when there should have been felt horrible. And so this like condensed spring training felt a, as a as a symptom of the broader problem and not like a, a new take on a previous thing. So maybe it would have felt better if we knew going in that spring training was only going to be. Uh, you know, around a month as opposed to the normal like seven, eight weeks that you really get from uh pitchers and catchers reporting all the way up to to uh, opening day. Uh, but I mean, I did kind of enjoy that once it was going, it was going hard. I could see that still being fun, um, especially if they finally televise all of the games. <laughs> well, that, I could see that yeah. being fun. You know,
1: that is a point, and I will hit that every single time because it is so. Annoying. You get, you know, everyone's getting excited. You're seeing players getting interviewed on TV and everything like that. And you can't go watch the games. Um, the radio broadcasts are fine. I've already complained yeah. about Rick Horton this season. I don't really like listening to Rick Horton. Maybe he will grow on me. Um, but yeah, I think really what it comes down to, I mean, you look at Max Scherzer, he came in and I think he threw five or six innings on his first start. I think as long as the players have expectations for what they can expect, they'll get yeah. ready, whether, you know, if spring training six weeks or two weeks or anything in between if they know what to expect they'll go get in shape these guys are almost all millionaires they all have a ton of resources at their disposal they know what to do except for the kids pretty much yeah i, I would be fine with it being shortened um it does like we were, i was kind of alluding to like the week four of normal spring training is feels like a slog i think even for fans it's you know, how many times can we watch number 96 swing and miss at some yeah. major league pitchers uh, stuff? You know, I, I find it a bit of a slog, but hey, we've did it. I did it wait, again. Wait, it was me. You did it. And now, here we are.
0: Uh, to be fair, Ben, to be consistent with previous episodes, we've made a pretty clear point that not all players are millionaires. In fact, most of them are not, sure. but, uh, but I see your point. They're professional athletes. And they will do what it takes to be prepared for the season. I think we are going to see an impact of the the shortened spring training in pitcher usage this early on. Uh, We obviously already, uh, the league is aware of that by the expanded rosters in, uh, in order to allow the team to deal with it. But again, I think it would all be different if we knew spring training had a defined start date. Those guys could get their work in at their normal complexes. Um, them not being able to even work out at a, at a, at a team gym is more, I think what has slowed down their progression than like the lack of, you know, being able to officially report in February as opposed to the beginning of March or something like that. Uh, but either way, uh, super stoked that it's back. I got my opening day tickets, baby, uh, kind of went back and forth on whether I was going (laughs) to go or not, but, um, you know, can't, I can't resist uh, I, I'm, I'm super excited to go. We're going to be down, uh, section two something. Uh, I don't want to tell anyone specifically. So you monsters don't find me in the stand. You, you
1: guys know what Nate looks like now. Go, <laughs> go find him.
0: Yes. Come find me. We can share some little buds together. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> It'll be
1: a fun thing. Not somebody beating you up.
0: They uh, Yeah. Uh, I, you can beat me up. If, I, was gonna, I imagine
1: 99% of the people listening to this can beat you up and, and probably beat me up as well.
0: We don't stand a chance.
1: <laughs> um. We are but podcasters. <laughs> the, the softest form of human there is.
0: Uh, yeah, but I, I'm excited to be back at Bush. I haven't been a home opener in several years now. Uh, I don't think I've been since Maybe 2018 was the last home opener I've been to, so uh, I'm excited.
1: Was it the Pujols start that kind of pushed you over the limit of 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 saying, oh, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, or were you just you're just feeling it this year?
0: Well, we did the research, bin. We've got a finesse righty on the mound. I'm feeling hey. the matchup. I'm feeling the matchup for Pujols. Uh, I'm smelling, um, smelling the dingers. I'm smelling going to do- them? I'm Smelling them. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I've am i enrolled in Dinger School. Um, I, I'm there to see it. Uh, I don't know what pushed me over. I mean, part of it, I'm going with my family and sort of the conversation started. And we all, I think, just kind of, uh, you know, momentum to each other into sure. buying, <laughs> buying tickets. Uh, I, I but,
1: mean, luckily, I, you know, I've been lucky enough to go to St. Louis opening day before too. And it is. It's the best having gone to, I haven't gone to a ton of opening days, I guess. I mean, really only Rockies and Cardinals are the only ones that I can think of right now. Yeah. And the Rockies event, it's a big deal. It is, uh, it is the, of all days, unless the Rockies are in the playoffs, it is like the only time where Denver is actually into baseball. All of downtown, (laughs) uh, gets really, really into it, which is really fun. And everybody's out in the street and then it dies off on game two. Um, yeah, like, even looking at StubHub for Rockies games, like it's like $80 for game one. And on StubHub, you can get in on Saturday, the game two, for like
0: 12 bucks. And <laughs> it's a fair, division uh, rival. Yeah. Okay. So to be fair, the, the opening day tickets were pretty expensive. But on Sunday, yep. there's still like $10 tickets against the Pirates. So yeah. You, and, you know It'll be more occupied than a, a Rockies game. It'll still be well attended, as Bush Stadium usually is. Uh, but yeah, opening day is, is its own thing. I'm going to try to get down there early, hang out in ballpark village. Uh, I am I'm really excited. Just
1: going to drink some ice cold Budweiser's.
0: Oh, you know it. I'm going to find Mike Shannon, carry him around somewhere,
1: right? Yeah. He'll be at the game. Well, I think,
0: yeah, well, I'm sure he's a part of the ceremony. Oh yeah, of course. (laughs) Um. uh, yeah, I I I'm waiting, you know, I'm hoping TLR will just abandon his current team and come down to the uh Cardinal home opener. Um yeah, there's you know, there's just something about the the festivities of it that that make it um, you know, yeah, particularly. Sm-
1: you nailed it already. This The smell of dingers. What else do you need? <laughs> sm-
0: um, I got that. I got. I got a craving for dingers. <laughs> uh, for Did every we- dinger, I'm going to eat an entire little buds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's disgusting. Um I hope that there's a lot. Also, just a product idea. Write this down. If we ever come out with a candle, um, a talking about birds candle, it should be the smell of dingers. <laughs>
0: the smell of dingers. What does the smell of dingers um, smell like? Like what? Know. What do we? What are we combining?
1: Like sometimes when uh, baseball players, they'll like foul off a pitch and they'll smell their bat because it's got like a little bit of wood burn. Maybe like mix that with some like spilt beer because people are, you know, reaching for the ball in the stands and they're spilling beer. I think that's good. And uh, I don't think we should iterate it on it any more than that. And that was really good for me uh, by me on the first try right there.
0: Then I nailed everything after. Okay. (laughs) All right. Sure. Uh, I have to say, I don't think I've ever seen a player go and smell their bat. What?
1: You're not watching baseball, my friend.
0: uh, Yeah. Maybe I need to pay more attention.
1: Yasiel Uh, Puig used to lick his bat when this would happen, but a lot of players will smell it when they'll, they'll fall it off and it'll, it it, cause the things are the friction. uh, It'll cause like a little burnt sensation and players will smell it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess I remember Puig licking licking his back. Puig licking his bat. I uh, say that uh, five times fast. Um, No. Yeah. Spilling. Yeah. This spilled beer and burn wood. Okay. That's it. (laughs) You you know what? You're right. You did nail it in one. We'll do that. Uh, uh, (laughs) Next time you're at Yankee candle, put in our promo code, uh, hashtag TAB and they'll, they'll bring out our, our super secret candle for you. Um. Good chat. Let's move on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, that worked out.
0: Yeah. Um. So the uh, so we had our last week of spring training. Um. A lot of things were decided. We've got the the roster has been um, finalized. Boy, were we wrong on a lot of things. We'll talk yeah. about that in a minute. Um. But first, let's give a shout out, Harrison Bader. He can buy all the Bader Tots he needs now. Uh, he is now a wealthy man. Uh, he has signed a two-year contract, just over $10 million, buying out both of his arbitration years. Uh, you know, I would have loved for this to be more like a three- or four-year deal at the minimum, just get a couple more years of free agency. And and that's not off the plate or off the uh, off the table, but probably it isn't going to happen. Most of the time, once someone has signed something like this, they are going to go to free agency, but... You never know; it, it's not off the table. But either way, you know, good for Bader. He is now has more money than he could ever need, and uh, the Cardinals have some uh, security to so, some some um, uh, salary, you know, security for a guy who, you know, I think we both believe could very well have a monster season when you consider his defensive uh, floor. Uh, they they lock in avoiding arbitration and just paying uh, paying the man his money.
1: Yeah, and I think you know it makes a lot of sense for Bader. He doesn't have to go through this the the whole. We were complaining about the whole trial and file uh, process yeah. the other day. What, who would want to go through that? Like I imagine going through that with my job and I, I would be irate not to mention, you know, you have an actual team of lawyers and your agent arguing for and against you. Sounds horrible. So I'm happy for Bader, but yeah, I, I think the one thing to complain about is why, why not longer? Um, and, and I'd be curious to know, is that a Bader thing? Does Bader, is Bader betting on himself saying, why don't we just lock these up? I'm going to go to free agency. I want to go get paid. Can't blame the guy for that. But I think you can't blame the Cardinals front office for not pushing the conversation down extension. You know, I would love to see Bader extended. I'd love to see Tyler O'Neill extended. I think those are two guys. We talked about this the other week. Two guys that you take a chance on. They are so good in the outfield that if their bat plays up a little bit. They're a valuable player. And I think, you know, we we really are hopeful that Bader's uh, bats are going to, or uh, bat is going to take a step forward this year. We saw some flashes of it last year. And Tyler O'Neill, I mean, what's not to like? Uh, so well, yeah. I, I'm very happy that it's done. I'm very happy we don't have to worry about arbitration conversations going forward. But I'd love to see Mo and uh, the wallet, you know, open up a little open bit. Up
0: in the words of uh, Teddy KGB, pay the man is money." Don't know what that is. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is uh, well by all accounts, the um, conversation is happening with Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. And O'Neill has given the green light for that conversation to continue through the regular season. Some guys put up that wall. They say, I don't want contract negotiations happening during the regular season, which I get. Um, O'Neal, not one of those guys. Uh, so it seems like the Cardinals are making a real effort at that. And that conversation is happening, whether it happens or not. You know, who's to know? The Bader side, we have zero information on this, um, you know, or at least I've not seen anything about it as to where this conversation started and how it resulted in just an arbitration buyout. Um, I- I'm hopeful that they are still able to do something because uh, I think, again, he's at his lowest value right mm-hmm. now. Um, I think we're both projecting pretty big years for him, but there is some risk you know, he, uh, he's got some holes in his swing. Sometimes he's can, he can be pretty in, inconsistent. Um, and I don't know, maybe. Yeah, he, maybe I, I,
1: I think we love Bader, but you can definitely criticize him. I think you could say that he goes a little too hard speaking generally, like it, yeah. obviously you want to see guys going max effort, but Bader is actually one of those rare guys where you wish he would pull back a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes he overthrows, sometimes he overswings, sometimes he overdives. And it's, you know, it's really fun to watch. It's really entertaining. I think obviously as he ages, he'll he'll mature into his game a little bit more. Like, you, you know, you watch Bryce Harper and he doesn't really dive for balls anymore, but he plays 150 games a year. So yeah. I, I think there's probably a balance that Bader's going to find. But yeah, like I think we're all in agreement. Pay the man, keep him in red. Um, it's really fun having a top five center fielder in baseball. Yeah.
0: You know, Bader, you can still whip your luscious locks around after making a catch. You don't have to have gone full sprint into a into a <laughs> belly flop in order to do that. We're all still gonna love it.
1: it was it last year when he was diving for that ball in center and the he missed the ball just slightly and I think he rolled over it and cracked yeah. a rib? Yes. Oh, my God.
0: Big ouch. Appreciate the effort, but yeah, less of that. Could have done without that.
1: Could have done without that.
0: <laughs> uh, Andre Palante has made the team. What do you think of this guy?
1: Sure. Um, I, I mean... You know, there's a, you hear the Rays folks and you hear Dodgers folks talk about how not only does the bullpen need to have your, your bullpen aces in it, but different arm angles and different looks are really important. At least that's something that teams um, who I consider to be good at running a ball club. That's something that they've been focusing on. And my goodness, this guy has a weird arm angle. He is, uh, he's like Tomahawk over the top type guy. I'm trying to think there was that pitcher for the diamondbacks for a while, Whose name is just absolutely escaping me right now, and I'll I'll look that up once I'm done blabbering on endlessly. Uh, But what I love, we're just never
0: going to get the answer. Then
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I love that he's got the big, over-the-top, different look. No one on the team throws like that. I think that's that's a win. Um, And then I think the stuff is going to be great. I mean, seeing people swing at his fastball, which is good, but it is not, you know, Cabrera good or Alex Ray is good. Uh, but they, people swing at it. They're late on that fastball and that, what is that slurve over the top breaking ball type thing? Um, that is going to play forever that, that will, as long as he can spin the ball like that, that will be effective. Uh, he could throw that pitch three times in a row. And I think we'd all say great job.
0: (laughs) Great job. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's, he's definitely an interesting pitcher. and, And I think, you know, with this extended uh, roster for the first month is going to give the Cardinals chances to really look at a bunch of these different relievers, uh, especially with the likely bullpen fifth starter. We're going to be using a lot of guys out of the pen, and I think we're going to learn a lot in this first month about who is truly effective at the major league level and what does our bullpen look like, and how do you slot in these different guys and different use cases. Uh, so I was pretty excited to see that he made the the uh, roster. I was not expecting it.
1: Josh Kohlmenter. Josh Kohlmenter. Okay. Do, do people remember yes. Josh Colemanter. He was a very average pitcher made better by that weird ass delivery. Um, and not as weird as Palante. Palante looks a lot more athletic. Um, but yeah, that's sorry. I, I just had yeah. to get that out because I'm sure there were some people that were like, you morons.
0: <laughs> well, they were like that either way. So that wasn't that was that
1: helping. well the rest i'm not going to apologize i'll, I'll apologize yeah. for getting uh, uh forgetting about uh josh cole okay.
0: brennan donovan who i was certain based off of how uh ollie marmal was talking about him everyone was talking about him i was certain he was making the the big league club he did not he was sent down to join everyone else that we thought was making the big league club uh nolan gorman juan yapez Uh, we didn't think Burleson would, but we thought there was an outside chance. Now, Brendan Donovan all going down uh, to, to create a a pretty stacked triple A team right now, if you ask me, but uh, what do you think of this? I I think you also thought he was going to make the club.
1: Well, yeah, I I was pretty sold um, even to the point where, I, I was just resigned to the fact that that's not a good thing or a bad thing. I just thought it was happening the way they were talking about it, the way that the club is made up. Obviously, there's been an emphasis on left-handed bats this offseason. He is a left-handed bat, might have a little bit of power, uh, could spell people all over the uh, infield and outfield. So made a lot of sense. Really what I think, I don't think this is any slight on on the players or or, or anything like that. This is the Cardinals thinking, oh my God, we need pitching. We needed a lot of pitching early in the season. We're going to be throwing a lot of arms out there. I think they're hesitant about injuries. We've talked about this, so there's a lot of guys who are injury prone in the starting staff in the bullpen right now. And rather than going, um, you know, making a balanced bench or anything like that, they are focused solely on pitching. Um, maybe this will change once the rosters reduced down in size. Or maybe it'll change once once health proves out and and guys are are able to stay, um, not only in the uh, off the IL stay off the IL but in games longer and, and soak up innings and, you know, that's going to be really important for Michaelis and, and Hudson in particular. If I had to pick on two guys, uh, but that's that's really what I got out of here. Um, I would also just like to take this point to say the Cardinals should get another major league pitcher. <laughs> I almost don't even care who it is. Go get another major league pitcher, please. It is going to get desperate, and they're either going to falter or have to pay a dollar fifty on the dollar type trade or, or something like that. And I really don't like that.
0: Well, I think they made up their mind quite a while ago on uh on that front. So Frankie we'll Montage. See. Yeah, I think that would be pretty expensive. John means, uh, yeah, I think he's going to have a good year with Baltimore with those uh, ballpark changes.
1: Well, he, so. he, that, actually, that might be true, but we know the Orioles can't evaluate talent uh, properly. So why don't we just fleece them? Um, <laughs> just take care of that, Mo.
0: Yeah, sure. Just fleece them. I, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, our entire middle of our order is is made up of hitters that we fleeced someone for. So yeah. Um, yeah, all right, that's fair. Mo, well, go fleece someone. Um, <laughs> speaking of pitchers, Jack Flaherty is officially on the IL. No surprise there. Yeah, uh, but he seems optimistic. Um, starting a throwing program soon, so m- maybe you know that's like making a trade right there, Ben.
1: I hate that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you know it's it's, I it's it's. it's it's hard to feel about. I don't know how to feel about Jack Flaherty as I guess what I'm saying. Like he is in unbelievably good shape. He is a freak show athlete, just like unbelievable to watch him do anything on a baseball field. Uh, but those things don't add up to being healthy. So right. I, I think that it's, it's probably a healthy stance for Cardinals fans to take that. If we get anything from from him this year, that's great. Um, I mean, if he gives us over a hundred innings this year, I, I would say that you should be ecstatic. Um, And it might not be ace level, but innings from Jack this year are uh, that that would be very, very nice. It just. It's hard to feel confident right now for for where I'm sitting.
0: Yeah, I think we all have uh, pitcher injury PTSD, too. It does. It's like I I can't think of a pitcher injury that we've had on this team uh, on any anybody that's been like, oh, yeah, it really was just like. They're out for a couple of weeks, and they came back, and they were immediately effective again. Um, so, and,
1: and I think the the part that worries me more is that the time that it happened, he wasn't able to get built up. I really hope he doesn't rush back. As long as they're being pragmatic and slow and thoughtful about returning him, I, I can I can retract that doom and gloom thing I said earlier. But I I worry. I worry because, you know, I think the Cardinals are very confident in themselves right now. And I think that Jack is, you know, obviously for many reasons, highly, highly, highly motivated to get back in the starting rotation. So hopefully they, they, you know, slow roll it and he stays as healthy as possible.
0: Yeah, I agree. So once again, uh, for maybe the eighth year in a row, we're hearing from Cardinal management that Yachty is going to take a step back from catching duties and the backup will play a bigger role. Uh, what are the odds that this is actually <laughs> the case, man? What do you think? Do we see uh, any difference from uh, <laughs> in playing time for Yachty assuming health?
1: Are you asking if I'm buying or selling this narrative?
0: You're buying or selling the narrative.
1: I'm buying it. I, I believe it. I think that uh, what I've gathered from early spring training and the conversations that are happening around all of this is that Marmol is a very good communicator and he can set expectations and he doesn't seem to really, he, he seems to be very direct. Um, and, and what kind of makes me think that is the way that Pujols has kind of talked about everything. Like if there was ever a superstar, it's Albert Pujols, especially in Cardinal Red. Um, but the fact that he's being very humble. He's saying they're going to use me how they're going to use me. I'm going to do everything I can do to make this team better. I think that I, I think that Marmal is the guy to ask Yachty, it's not about you playing as many games as possible. It's about you being as fresh and effective as possible. And it's yeah. just a fact of the matter that when you, you can't play like you could play when you're 28, when you're 38. Um that that's yeah. just a fact. You can be Any type of world-beating, amazing player, you just slow down. And I think that you know we're talking about some of those teams that we should be envious of, the Rays and the Dodgers. They're very intent on giving guys rest and and putting them in the right position. Uh, I call out the Giants for that as well. I mean, a big part of the Giants' success last year was giving guys time off, having guys just take one at-bat, taking the rest of the day off, really being thoughtful about how to use those guys and Yachty can offer value on the bench, too. Um, I don't like the idea of Yachty taking some starts at DH. I really hope that it doesn't <laughs> happen, although I understand how hard-headed he is, and that might just be Ali Marmol playing a little bit of, you know, you you, you give me one, I give you one type of thing. Sure. But I'm, I'm buying it for now. Obviously, I've been proven wrong before. Um, and I think, like, I mean, hopefully we see what Kenzer can actually do.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's now, what, third in a row of well-regarded catching prospects that the Cardinals have had, That uh, at least two, going Carson Kelly and then Kisner, and then obviously now we have Herrera in the minors, uh, who Kisner has, like Kelly, has gotten very little chance to actually show what he can do other than maybe once a week. Um, So I'm excited for Kisner to get a chance to play a little bit more. Um, I'm willing to buy it for the same reasons that you've already said. And I also heard, I think it was Marmol said at one point, Yachty can play first base also. And I just truly do not understand that. I think you might be right, that they're just trying to make Yachty feel a a, a little better. Uh, while every, when everyone, when the news is about Yachty playing less, I'm sure a guy who is known for playing a lot, that just doesn't feel good. Um, so we'll yeah. see. I mean, last year it was obvious. He was really good at the beginning of the year at the plate. And by the end, you know he was arguably the worst bat in the lineup. So, well, he, uh, keeping he him fresh, sh-
1: he showed up with a new approach, and I'm curious if that approach can kind of sustain itself with rest, with adequate adequate rest, and and putting him in against guys it makes sense to put him in. Don't put him in against the guy that's throwing 95 plus all day. Uh, Give right. the kid an opportunity there. And also, you know, if there's one thing that Yadi is good at is coming off the bench or, or just situational hitting, there's going to be opportunities like that um, where it makes sense to put in Yadi over Kenzer. Um, if, if, you know, if you got a guy on second and, and you just need one run, Yadi still has the back control to make sense right there and do some good situational hitting. Uh, and then maybe you, you pinch run for him right after that uh, if he gets on base. Yeah, I I think it makes sense, and I also think like something that Yadi I hope is on board with, and I hope he understands is I think this is how catches are just going to be handled from now on. Obviously, if you have a Hall of Fame guy, he'll he'll probably get a little bit more starts, but look at teams across the league, and nobody's catcher is starting this many games except for Salvador Perez, and I would argue there's diminished returns there. So I hope this is just the way that it goes, Cardinals seem to be open to taking a more modern approach in the way they utilize their players. So I, I ju- hope this is just the way it is. Yep. Um either way,
0: this will be the last year that we're asking this question. So uh
1: which is a bummer still. Yeah, I mean who yeah. doesn't I just love watching Yachty. So that that also needs to be said is I, I love the
0: man. Um he just got announced as the head coach for oh shoot. it was like the Venezuelan winter, winter ball team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is exciting. I love seeing him uh, coach these, uh, these uh, what is it, uh, World Baseball Classic mm-hmm. teams, and and just his involvement with the the broader world baseball stage. I think is fantastic. He's made it pretty clear that he doesn't want to be a major league manager, but I don't know if he keeps doing these other, uh, you know, coaching and management jobs. Wouldn't surprise me if if some time removed from the majors makes him end up wanting to come back. Uh, yeah, I think and you, we'd all love to see him back at the Cardinals in some sort of coaching or special assistant to the yeah. GM or whatever <laughs> it might be, right?
1: Yeah, you have to imagine that after he's done playing, the Cardinals are going to roll out the red carpet and he's invited to every spring training in perpetuity. And if yeah. he just wants to come and sit on the bench or do anything, he'll he'll be welcomed back with open arms.
0: Well, he, and he's, he's made an interesting point about why he doesn't want to coach uh, is that He doesn't feel he'd be able to make the decisions that a manager has to make in the moment that might hurt your team's chance of winning at that time, but is better for the team in the long run. He considers himself too much of a in-the-moment fierce competitor to be able to have that broader view, (laughs) which I do think is a very self-aware thing to say. You oh, know I've watched I think, this
1: guy play for almost 20 years I can co-sign that yes I <laughs> yeah, agree with yeah. that evaluation
0: yeah um but I maybe with time that may dull you know that uh not his uh, his um drive to win I would be very surprised if that ever dulls but his um inability to manage that in the moment may uh evolve as he gets away from from being a player and I don't know just just something I was thinking about. Maybe you know he doesn't go right into coaching like a lot of these guys do once they retire, but he could go and hopefully just ball out somewhere and have a good time for quite a while, and then return to the Cardinals. Uh, but yeah, no matter what, he's going to be at uh, home openers. I mean, there, there's going to be he's going to be in the row of of uh, all, he's going to be on the wall in between Smith and and Shane East and and you know in holes They're all going to be. All, yeah. uh you know, in the retired numbers, so we're going to see them forever.
1: Yeah, and in the past, we've talked about the uh, the statues in front of Bush Stadium of Wain- Wainwright pitching to Yadier Molina. Yeah. I think everyone in St. Louis is on board with that. That should just be commissioned now.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm lobbying that. Uh, you know, yadi Waino, if he retires, and Pujols, they just go into the Cardinal Hall of Fame next year. We don't. Let's not bother with any. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, any delay, any sort of. Uh, you know expectations of 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 gaps just let's just do it next year or at, at the last game of the season let's just introduce them into the cardinal hall of fame what are we, who are we who are we for <laughs> uh all right well let's go uh, opposite of of you know one of the oldest players in baseball um we did get a chance this spring to see some of our favorite prospects and though none of them really made the big league roster uh, what was your takeaway on nolan gorman from spring,
1: I think we were watching a player press. I think we were watching a player who was probably told to some degree, "Hey, if you have a nice spring, you could make the big league club." And my god, he wanted to do that. He he was doing everything he possibly could, swinging out of his shoes. And I think you know, you look at the numbers and, and you've watched his his stuff from uh, minor league baseball. He's a better hitter than we saw. Um, I think we saw some good moments. It was just I, I would say from a fan's point of view, especially those of us who haven't seen him play minor league games or at least very often seeing him over at second was nice. Um, I don't think he he is n- not Colton Wong uh, or Tommy Edmund by any means, yeah. but seeing that he can do it, uh, it is really encouraging. It does look a little bizarre seeing a man that large playing second base. Um, <laughs> and there's also something, I mean, Colton Wong, I guess, is the only one I could really think of. But even Colton Wong didn't, didn't, doesn't have an arm as strong as Gorman. So I think that's kind of fun. Um, and, you know, that I think that was encouraging. I will be very curious to see. I think if he has a hot start in AAA, I um, would not be surprised if he's called up pretty quickly. Um, yeah. But again, that also depends on like what we talked about, about pitcher health and kind of how guys are able to extend how many innings people are able to throw and what bullpen needs look like. But yeah, I think it was, you know, that was the most we've ever got to see him play, at least on the big league club. And even though it wasn't all great, I think you can leave that feeling pretty encouraged and pretty, the hype train rolls on.
0: Yeah. I have no reason not to still be incredibly excited about, uh, about Nolan Gorman and his future with the Cardinals. Um, I think, You're right, it's almost more roster dynamics and the addition of guys like Dickerson and Pujols and just the need for some uh, flexibility that resulted in him not being there. I I think the Cardinals are very much a team that would rather have him take every day at-bats than serve in sort of a backup platoon role on the bench in St. Louis. And so either performance from guys like Newt Barr and even Edmund, or S- Sosa, uh, I think if any of them falter and Gorman rakes in AAA like he has, then he'll be right back.
1: Yeah, uh, I wonder. Like, and I'm sure the Cardinals have a number or or a, a a a point that that they will become impatient with Edmund, But how poorly does Edmund have to hit for them to make that 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 move? Because um, obviously <laughs> he's dynamic around the field, yeah. and we know he can he can make some contact and and he can run quite a bit. But I do wonder: is it is it if he sits around two hundred? Is it if he sits around two fifty? If he's just not taking walks, I'm, I'm sure that there is some type of qualifier that Mo and team have, um, and and he, they're not going to let us know. But curious to see, uh, you know, I think Edmonds' play, like you you were kind of alluding to, I think it'll have a lot to do with Gorman's future.
0: Yeah, yeah and I think the the clear and obvious competition for the leadoff spot. Uh, This spring that um, I think and I'm hoping is going to Carlson uh, is also an an indication of the club's perspective on Edmonds offensive capabilities. He does not have the OVP to be a a leadoff man, not when we have someone like Dylan Carlson. Right. Uh, So, um, yeah. And then there's always the health thing, right? Uh, One guy gets hurt, which will happen. Everything starts to slide up. Um, so after Gorman, there's Juan Yepes, who was arguably even more hyped coming into spring because of his breakout last year. Uh, what do we think about Yepes now, now officially sent back down? I, I mean,
1: I, I think that the Cardinals were going to give him a shot pretty much no matter how spring went until pool showed, showed up. So yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard to evaluate. He did not have a crazy good spring, but he looked like a professional hitter. He looks young. We know the power is there, but Pujols kind of took his job. He is young, but Pujols kind of took his job,
0: but he's, uh, very young. Yeah. Yep.
1: So uh, so it's old I end took his job. I don't know if you could really evaluate, you know, this this decision other than like it is slightly disappointing. I've often cl- complained about in the past when old players are taking away at bats from young players, especially when those young players are showing promise, but I think Cardinals fans understand this one. I, I mean, I think I understand this one. Um I guess it's really just disappointing that we're really not going to see Yipes until next year at least on any real full-time type schedule. Um that being said, I think Cardinals should also uh, Cardinals fan should also prepare themselves if they do decide to go for a John Means or if they do decide to augment the roster in some way. Yepez is probably really high up on that list as far as trade pieces. Uh, yeah, especially with the DH being everywhere now, I would not be surprised if teams are calling on him already. Um, with him being sent down, um, I would be.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yepes and Burleson, uh, I think are two. Very clear trade targets. Uh, I, I can't imagine the Cardinals will trade Gorman, and so then you go one slot down and Yepes and and or, or like Walker, yeah. Uh, but Yepes and Burleson seem like obvious trade pieces to me. Uh, I hope not. Obviously, well, I don't know. We need a pitcher, so I'd be be cool with one of them being moved for the right guy. Um, but I, I really want to see Yepes at the major league level with the Cardinals. I just want to see what it looks like. See how he does.
1: And there, I think there's something fun about just a guy kind of coming out of nowhere yeah. and then contributing to your big league team. I mean, not not the same player as Matt Carpenter, obviously, but how much fun was that? I remember when he was coming up, we were like, oh, this guy can walk. And then he comes up and leads the league in doubles and then right. starts hitting home runs and playing a good second base. I mean, that's just a lot of fun.
0: Yep. So, Ben, spring takeaways. Who's your MV spring? What's your what's your big takeaway from this from this uh last month?
1: Yeah, you know, spring training numbers don't matter, right? Right. But my goodness did Paul <laughs> Goldschmidt. I'll <laughs> <laughs> actually say both the Paul's. My like yeah. to see Goldschmidt, I mean the one thing and again, spring mat training numbers don't matter. Uh, but you know, if we there is anything to criticize Paul Goldschmidt on, is that he's a slow starter. And I think that it is very reasonable for Cardinals fans to feel pretty jazzed. The fact that he is not starting slow at all. He came out of the spring uh, or came out of spring hitting 500 with power. We got stories about new bats and weight distribution. We got stories. about. Yeah, um, I I think it's pretty (laughs) exciting. And especially the way that he played last year. I mean, the guy. He's just unbelievable so I think Cardinals fans should reasonably be hyped about that reasonably be hyped about uh Paul de I think and and really I should qualify this with I know nothing about anything um
0: <laughs> you don't need to say that that anyone who listens to the show knows that
1: I, I want to be very clear I know nothing about anything but I've watched a lot of Paul de young at bats like we all have I've probably watched mm-hmm. Like eighty percent of Paul DeYoung's major league <laughs> at bats, yeah. and something that uh, you see and that can be frustrating about him is just how bad his timing can be, and how yeah. much on his front foot he can be, and just just the swing balance just not being there. And I think something that I am really encouraged, but I, I I'm being tentative about. I'm not anointing him MVP of the season or anything like that. Was how he was really keeping his weight back, really getting the bat through the zone. And every time he touched the ball, it jumped off his bat. But seeing him have that stable base and bringing the bat through the plane without him throwing his weight forward was, I want to be, you know, I I think a couple episodes ago, I was saying, give the job to Sosa. Right. But after seeing that, I mean, maybe tinkering with his uh, batting stance and his swing a hundred million times over the off season and talking to every uh, every batting coach in all the land. Maybe he locked into something, Um, but there's obviously tremendous value in a shortstop that can play a very steady defense and hit 25-plus home runs. So I'm kind of getting a little excited about his spring and what he was showing us. So I don't know if that's silly, but anyways, to summate that all, let's go Pauls.
0: (laughs) Give it to the Pauls. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's hard to have any other takeaway from spring training than... Mostly Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, I mean, <laughs> what a, what, a, yeah. all All the things he said, I don't need to repeat it, but, uh, he was, uh, it's just, he's so much fun. And, um, I have the same hype, the same tentative hype for, for Paul DeYoung. Um, he's done it before, not for entire seasons, but he's been great before. So let's see it. Let's see it, uh, for the whole season. I am calling it Paul, the young MVP. <laughs> Let's go
1: of the league or just the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: from a pitching standpoint, everything's been, you know, fine. Uh, Matt's had a, had a really good performance here in the last day of, uh, of the seat of the, of spring. Um, it's just been nice to see outside of the injuries that we had at the beginning of the spring training, um you know everyone has made it to the end no new news about pitching health so uh not, nothing crazy outside of you know some of these guys like brooks and polante but otherwise everyone kind of performed like you'd want which is that they got in their work and no one looked awful no one looked necessarily over the top phenomenal but i'm even less uh in, interested in pitcher spring tra- spring stats uh, I, I think there is a timing element to, to hitting, like you were talking about, that you can pull a little bit more from. But pitching, who knows what they're doing up there? They might just be up there trying to uh, throw curveballs all day to practice it. So
1: yeah, can I hit the bottom left corner with a changeup today? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Oops.
0: No, I could not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's end this segment with some bold predictions for the twenty twenty two Cardinal season, Ben. Why don't you hit me? Oh, well, I'm,
1: I I mean, these are, I'm going to be talking through some very Cardinals red glasses right now, but I think
0: this is a Cardinal podcast. We know all the possible bad (laughs) outcomes we know. Okay. All right. And we are prepared to talk about them when they happen. Uh, but for now, this is for some teams and and maybe the Cardinals this year, this is the best we're going to feel about the 2022 (laughs) Cardinals. So let's, uh. Let's stick with the bold predictions. Uh, What what are your thoughts?
1: I think Miles Michaelis is going to come back into his own. That first year that we had him when he came back from Korea, he had a, a sub three ERA. He was using all of his pitches in the zone, not walking guys. I think he's going to take over as not a traditional ace because he doesn't have the strikeout stuff, but he's fine with that. He's going to use the defense. He's going to pitch over 200 innings. He's going to be healthy all year, and he's going to limit walks the Cardinals needed so badly last year. I see him getting top 10 Cy Young votes this year. I think he's going to, like I said, eat up innings and he's going to be the most valuable pitcher for the Cardinals this year. Um, it, ship it. Let's go. Um,
0: so I had a very similar one, but not Michaelis. Okay. Um, but I like it. I definitely like the 34 year old pitcher suddenly having, uh, the best season of his career. He's healthy. Yeah. I mean, I like him. Lizard King, baby. (laughs) Um, Dakota Hudson. He's back. He's healthy. In a similar way to what you're saying about Michaelis, where he's not going to be a traditional ace because of the strikeouts, I think his stuff plays up with the Cardinal defense behind him. He is young. We've only seen really the beginnings of his career. He comes back, and he is the most valuable pitcher on the Cardinals this year. Why don't
1: both of those things happen? That would be, sure,
0: that'd be great.
1: Sure. That would be great. Zayla says
0: that into his uh, <laughs> prayer beads every night. Yes,
1: he does. <laughs> um, my other guy that I'm going to pick, and this one's probably even less bold because I think the Cardinal Nation and the, especially the folks listening to this podcast are very high on Dill Carl coming into this next year. But I think Dylan Carlson is going to put up the second most war of any player on the Cardinals this year. I think he's going to steal 20 bases. I think he's going to hit 20 home runs. I think his outfield play is going to get better. uh, And I think he's going to crush it in the leadoff position. I think he's going to slot in right below Paulie Goldschmidt as far as war. And like I said, become the second, you know, if not a superstar, launch himself into star status making an all-star team this year. I think he's going to really take a step forward, and we're going to just swim in that beautiful Cardinals outfield all year, that young, powerful defense forward with great offense Cardinals outfield, and it's going to be a a blast.
0: Uh, I'll take it. I'll have seconds. (laughs) Yes, please. Uh yeah, I was also going to say Dylan Carlson is the best outfielder um by war on the Cardinals uh this year. So you're going all the way past everyone and saying that he is going to be beside behind Goldie, he's going to be the best player on the Cardinals.
1: I do. I think he's going to, I, I, we saw him kind of tap into the power a little bit at the end of last year. We saw him taking his walks a little bit better at the end of last year. He's only had more time to, to season and and marinate on that. And I'm, I'm expecting big things. I think he, uh, he, you know, if there had to be a breakout candidate and maybe people would argue he broke out a little bit last year, he's the guy I'm tabbing.
0: I love it. Um, okay. Also Corey
1: Dickerson hits 50 home runs. No, (laughs) just kidding.
0: Albert Pujols breaks Barry Bonds his record <laughs> <laughs> and steals 20 bases there
1: we go oh no yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: okay um well I guess we'll see we'll see we're, we're we're calling some big shots here but I love it um so uh before we go into our next segment and talk about some more movement around the league I want to take this moment to remind everybody that this podcast is supported on patreon patreon.com slash talking about birds. If you love the show and want to help it grow, want to support us, help us expand our uh, operation here. um, Check it out. Uh, Anyone who subscribes at any level will gain access to our uh, discord where we are slowly building a community, a place to enjoy the Cardinals together. Games are about to start. You know, we're going to be in there uh, live chatting as games are happening. Uh, really really excited about that so uh check it out if you can't or are uh, unwilling to support us via patreon totally understand um you know there's a lot going on in the world right now uh what we would love is if you just take a few minutes to uh, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player it really does help helps us uh Show up higher on various lists as people search for podcasts. Um, and we just love hearing from you. We'd like to know what you like about the show. Uh, on Mac... like. <laughs> what's that or
1: don't like Tell or... us what we suck at,
0: yeah, just a uh, tweet at Samorca <laughs> with anything that you don't like about Ben. no thanks dog. Uh, don't don't say anything to me. I am fragile.. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do want to take a moment to shout out uh, R Perrept who left a review calling us spooky good, uh, as well as a number of other things. Now <laughs> I did get a little scared reading this review, so uh, I, I'm not appreciative of that. But um, thank you so much for your kind words. We also want to shout out Jenny Tab 05 who uh, said finally, saying finally, there's a, a podcast like us. I'd say finally, Jenny um we're we're here for you so uh thank you for (laughs) your wonderful (laughs) your wonderful words we we really appreciate it and to anyone who is taking the moment to review us we we truly appreciate it um ben where can people find us online
1: yeah make sure to check us out on twitter at talk about birds uh we're obviously tweeting constantly about baseball stuff especially when the games get started can't wait for that uh, just get, get the hype going around and, and share it all over the internets. Uh, we are slowly growing our Instagram account. You can follow us there at talking about birds. Uh, you know, give us likes and pokes and share stories and all that Insta stuff that people like to do. Um, as I've been plugging recently, if you have any questions about Nate specifically talking about <laughs> birds at gmail.com is uh, a very full life. He wants to share it with you, but he's a little shy. Ask him questions. Um, he's he's here for you. Like I've said, a uh, pizza homeowner. Uh, I think he's got a 5k coming up soon. Ask him these questions. Uh, he also likes video games. Um, he has actually let's plug uh, the short game. Another podcast that Nate hosts uh, called the short game um, where they're doing all kinds of fun things over there.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And I'll be at the Cardinal 5k. If anyone's going to be there, uh, there's a part where you get to run the warning track. Uh, I'm going to, Rob a few home runs while I'm out there. So um, yeah, let me know if you're going to be there. It'd be fun to see some of you.
1: And, uh, you know, we also are very reliant upon word of mouth. Tell your Cardinals friends if you're enjoying this.
0: Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. (laughs) um, Tell everyone. Spray paint. uh, Street signs. Um, whatever you feel, we're not
1: encouraging that (laughs) I am respect your community, Uh,
0: respect your community by sharing us with them, (laughs) uh, rob a bank, scream our podcast name as you run out in a hail of gunfire, all of these things we fully endorse. Okay. Yeah.
1: I'm going to take a step back. (laughs)
0: Uh, okay. So. Uh, The spring training wrapped up and we did get some uh, final end of end of spring moves and movement and news around the league. So let's touch on that quickly. Uh, I think, first of all, um, we've got to address uh, a thing that we spent, of course, a bunch of time talking about uh, last week and then almost immediately, like within hours of our episode coming out. Uh, or or within hours at least of us recording our episode, uh, a lot of information came out about this very thing we were speculating about. So we had been wondering what the deal with Michael Conforto is. Why haven't the Cardinals gone for him or anyone really uh, considering how strange it is? And as we've learned, he had a a more notable shoulder injury than I think maybe we as fans were aware of. And uh, he was having some real difficulty over the winter uh, to really even showcase his ability to play baseball. Uh, by all accounts, he is recovered now. Uh, but I think you can imagine why a team would be skeptical to sign a guy who already has had up and down seasons. And you really don't want to uh, sign a guy who also has a draft pick compensation tied to him uh, when you're not even sure he is healthy. So he is healthy apparently now and has showcased to some teams who are showing interest. But I don't think we're going to see him sign until the summer after the draft when that pick uh, a piece of it drops off.
1: Yeah, and you'd have to think that that's going to work out really well for him. Um, you know, all things considered, him not getting a deal, him being injured, all that stuff. There, there's a very high probability that a team is going to find itself needing offense. He has a nice camp or whatever year that's going to, or however he's going to kind of get warmed up and should do well. But at least that makes more sense because it really seemed
0: yeah. like Boris was just not doing anything for him. Yeah. Very strange situ- situation, but we've got some clarity now. So, uh, speaking of injuries, uh, I mean, <laughs> you, I think you cursed him, Ben. Um, oh, Or yeah. just, I, I'm beginning to think that Citi Field is haunted or, uh, you know, I, I don't know. But um, DeGrom and Scherzer both injured. Uh, DeGrom considerably so. Scherzer, right. it's really being downplayed, but he's definitely not going to make like an opening day start for the Mets. Uh, all of a sudden this two headed monster, you know, the best rotation in baseball is suddenly pretty rough with, uh, uh, Taiwan Walker also, uh, is possibly hurt. So they are just, um, uh, already down to Chris Bassett. There, Chris you know, Bassett,
1: David Peterson, Tyler McGill. Yeah. I mean, these are the guys that are going to be frontlining what should have been the first or second best rotation in baseball. Um, yeah. And we haven't even played a game yet.
0: Yeah, it's not great, I, and it's it's really just disappointing. Uh, it's it's easy and fun, and I think required to laugh at the Mets. Uh, but as a as a fan of baseball broadly, I want to see Degrom pitch. I want to yeah. see Scherzer pitch. Uh, I want to see. Two of the best guys ever, uh, you know, at peak capacity, even if they are on another team. So it's frustrating. It's disappointing.
1: They're two very unique guys, too. There isn't really anyone else out there like DeGrom or like Scherzer stuff wise, attitude wise, the whole the whole package. Two different
0: color eyes.
1: Yeah. Baseball is better (laughs) with those two gentlemen. But so, yeah, big bummer. No fun. Hate it.
0: Yeah. Hopefully at least Scherzer. It's it's a light hamstring issue. Right. You could see that not being a, a major problem if he can recover. Um, but Degrom, I mean, it's just another in a string of, of, of issues that pulls the best pitcher on the planet constantly out of, out of the game.
1: Right. It's
0: crazy. He'll still probably, no, I was gonna say, he's still probably going to make it to the hall of fame, but if he continues like this, he, he may end up missing out despite being, uh, you know, one of the best peaks of all time. Um, we also saw, speaking of pitchers getting injured, former Cardinal great, uh, I'm going to call him friend of the pod, Lance Lynn, <laughs> uh, <laughs> has uh, injured his knee and is going to need knee surgery. Uh, I think you know we're all pretty excited about the White Sox. It's a pretty big blow to the start of the season. He's supposed to miss four to six weeks, um, but any sort of knee injury just feels like it can take a little while to come back from
1: yeah, knee. It, it makes me think of CC Sabathia. You know, big guy, fireballer, having knee issues—definitely something you worry about. Um, and you know, it—it's it, really hard to tell how dependent is Lance on, you know, uh, on just pure velocity. But that's kind of the first thing you think of going when when you're having lower body issues with the pitcher—is the velocity is going to get down. That being said, he's a bit of a workhorse. You know, he's come back from injuries in the past, so I hope that he could be successful. Um, but yeah, I love Lance. He is one of my favorite post game interviewers and maybe has my favorite pitching style in all of baseball. Here's 75% fastballs. Uh good luck.
0: Yeah. Well, in a lot of ways he's like a, uh, you know, a less Hall of Fame Max Scherzer. Sure. Um the there is a couple some some last minute trades that happened over the uh, over the last week. Um the first one we want to talk about is the Uh, Oakland A's traded Sean Manea to the Padres. Uh, This was a a trade, like everyone knew Manea was on the market and Montes also likely on the market. Now, Montes is a better pitcher than Manea, but Manea is no slouch. Uh, And some of the early buzz on this trade was that they really didn't pay that much. So they traded Adrian Martinez. And Yerbiel Angeles, I'm not quite sure how to say either of those names. Um,
1: I, think to, you, I think you nailed
0: it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I think I nailed it too uh, for Manea. And I think early reaction from Cardinal fans was what the hell, Mo? We need a starter. And this doesn't seem to have been a very high price. So did a little bit of research to try to put this into perspective for Cardinal fans, and I want to hear your, uh, your take on it, Ben. Now, no two organizations are, are the same when you can't simply compare one uh, um, farm team directly to another. But to keep this simple, I went and found on the MLB.com prospect rankings, uh, a very neutral prospect ranking site, uh, I try to find what would be the equivalent trade if we just took the, uh, the rankings of the people that the Padres traded to athletics, what would that be for the Cardinals? Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. So, uh, could the Cardinals
1: qu- have made this deal?
0: Yeah. It, you know, if, if, the price was exactly the same yeah. it was like your 10th and 18th ranked prospect, basically. So for the Cardinals on MLB.com, it was Alec Burleson and Ryan Holgate. Uh, so how would you have felt if the Cardinals had traded Burleson and Holgate for it's Like
1: The biggest duh of all time. You're going and getting <laughs> a guy that can give you, you know, possibly 200 innings. His number one pitch is a sinker. Uh, he's a lefty. I mean, he's kind of similar to, uh, Stephen Matz, the guy we went out and got, Um uh, yep. not to mention he's got good hair and good tattoos. So that's just added <laughs> bonus right there. Um, so yeah, I think you make that deal one hundred deal times out of a hundred. I would even throw in a Junior Fernandez or something else to spice it up and and make sure that it got, stu- got done. But I I I think Cardinals fans deserve they have every right to be angry at the fact that they did not go for this deal, especially
0: finding out that that was the price that it costed. Um, yeah. yeah, Now good. Though, you know trades aren't done in a vacuum like sure. that. You know, there's the relationship between GMs. Um, individual scouting reports. Uh, Manea struggled a little bit in the back half of 2021. He, his, his second half FIP was uh, over four, barely, like 4.09 or so. Uh, I saw some concern about a reduction in velocity. Uh, remember, the athletics are generally well-known for making good trades, so they also had to accept this trade. So it does make you wonder, is there something going on under the hood? That we are not aware of and this was their best offer. Um, I don't know, but it it certainly seems even like a less effective Manea or a uh, potentially injured Manea still would be worth this cost as much as we are excited about Burleson. I agree, but we'll never know. I just thought it'd be interesting to put it in a little bit more context for for the Cardinals would
1: give up. I'll just say it again. The Cardinals need more pitching. Um, it yeah. doesn't even have to be that high quality, but they need somebody who can pick up the ball every fifth day. Uh, <laughs> they just need, they need to augment the rotation. It, I'm gonna, going to keep saying that they need help there.
0: Yeah. Um, the other big trade is, uh, the white Sox traded Craig Kimbrell to the Dodgers for AJ Pollock. Very interesting trade. Yeah. That, you know, I, I, going into this offseason, it was pretty well known that, the, or pretty well assumed that the White Sox, even though they're competing favorites to win their division by a mile, uh, were going to trade one of the best relievers of all time, uh, mostly because they have a pretty deep uh, bullpen already. Liam Hendricks, they just signed Graveman. You know, they, ha- they had it to spare. Um but I didn't really expect it to go to the Dodgers, let alone for A.J. Pollock, who's been a pretty good outfielder for quite a long time now. What was your take on this trade, Ben? I,
1: I thought it was a slam dunk for both teams. I think it makes sense for both teams. Obviously, the White Sox have some some injury issues and just some personnel issues as far as the outfield goes. Um, they have you know Andrew Vaughn, who's not really an outfielder. Uh, Gavin Sheets, who's not really an outfielder. Um, and Eloy Jimenez, who can't really pick it. So it makes a lot of sense for them to go out and get this guy. Uh, he hits lefties really well, and he's had a great like season and a half against righties. Um, not to mention the money between these two players pretty much negates itself. And like yeah. you said, it you know gives the super team that is the Dodgers, they gives them the luxury of putting Blake Trinan, who would be a closer for every single other team in baseball. Um, yeah, every other team, because he is so good. His, I like watching him pitch. It just seems like he's cheating because it, the way that his sinker moves does not make sense to my brain. Um, but yeah, you, you get to slot that guy uh, back a little bit. I, I would say the only thing that I found curious about it is we know how the Dodgers like to lo- use their bullpen. They like to be dynamic and put guys in positions succeed to to succeed wherever that might be. And we know Craig Kimbrell is. Give me saves. I want saves. I only do the ninth inning, only save situations. I'm pretty sure he's going for like the Hall of Fame track there. He's just trying to right. get that number as high up as he wants. But also, like, there are some things out. You know, I, I don't know even really how to talk about this and sound somewhat intelligent. But some pitchers just thrive in those situations. I think Kimbrel's kind of like that. We saw, you know, he got moved over to the White. He had a great first half with the Cubs last year. Closing out games gets moved to the White Sox and Liam Hendricks is still closing and he kind of falters and We know there's huge variability that comes with closers. But as Nate said, he's one of the best of all time. It's uh, I'll be curious to see how they use him if it's strictly safe situations and, and, and what he looks like
0: I do believe they intend to have him as the closer after letting Kinley walk to the Braves um, you know, I, we both agree they did not need to do this, but they are a super team. So why not? Why not? Just, you know, trade one of your excess all-star level players <laughs> for uh, maybe the best, one of the best closers of all time. And uh, even though he might look kind of stupid every time he leans forward and hangs out his little
1: his <laughs> little arm. His little, little pirate the perch little thingy. <laughs> the, the other pirate. thing, like... I, yeah i imagine like a little parrot sitting on there that's what yeah I was okay thinking
0: i hadn't and i will forever now.
1: yeah or like a hawk or something but the, sure. the other funny thing about the or just the way in which the dodgers are put together it's like oh do they go put their all-star chris taylor out there now did they go put yeah. their highly highly touted prospect gavin lux out there or move things around and have gavin lux playing second base you know like the it, it, it only, Dodgers. yeah, <laughs> they give away an <laughs> all-star player, not give away, but they trade away an all-star player and their position player talent maybe gets better somehow. um It's just the Dodgers being the best franchise in baseball. The best yep. ran.
0: Yeah. Boo. Yeah. Uh, still can't beat Matt Adams, though. Here we go. All right. Uh, so last thing on our list here, Vin, you wrote this and... <laughs> I'm glad you put this here because something was announced recently called Home Run Derby X. And (laughs) I saw it get announced on Twitter and I thought, that's strange. So I I clicked the link and the link was broken and led me to a dead (laughs) page. And I thought, okay, classic. (laughs) Good job. And then I promptly forgot all about it. Yeah. Uh, You seem to know what Home Run Derby X is. So why don't you uh, tell me?
1: Yeah, and I'm going to read off some MLB.com copy. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to kind of get everybody on the same page. And I'm curious to see your reaction. Um, I will say I am excited. I think that this is a very
0: good idea. Okay. And I think more things
1: like this should happen. And MLB should be backing and financing and making it happen. So
0: one in 10 balls explodes on it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and people just have to donate their uh, leftover baseball players for the sport yep. to happen. So yeah, MLB. Home Run Derby X. What a stupid name that is. I will admit that it is a bad (laughs) name. They could definitely come up with something better. Uh, It is a global baseball tour making stops in London, Seoul, South Korea, Mexico City, uh, and one other city that I forgot to write down apparently. Uh, But it is going to be represented by four different teams. The oldest teams in baseball, the LA Dodgers, Boston Red Sox, Chicago Cubs, and the Yankees. Those teams are going to be represented by Adrian Gonzalez for the Dodgers, which has to be a punch in the stomach to Padres fans. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's the way it goes. Johnny Gumps for the Red Sox Giovanni Soto for the Cubbies and Nick Swisher for the Yankees. Uh, nice. And essentially what is going to happen is they're going to go to these different places and do a weird tournament style home run derby. So, Uh, The actual, and I should read this quote because I do find it funny, inspired by the success and simplicity of the Home Run Derby the day before the MLB All-Star Game, which we all know when that happens. Why did they have to qualify that? Uh, Home Run Derby X has been developed with the goal of attracting new audiences to baseball, creating high energy live event experiences and opportunities for digital storytelling. Wow. That sounds really boring, but here's kind of the the quick overview of the rules. Hitters will get to swing at 25 pitches and take up to 10 of them with the opportunity to earn points by hitting targets placed 160 feet away from home plate and two beyond the outfield fences. Similar to the mini games in the legendary video game, MVP baseball, 2005, Shout out best game. ever. Wow. Nice. Uh, Opposition uh, will have players in the outfield who can earn points by catching baseballs that don't make it over the fence. And these things, if you hit a home run, they, they kind of uh, each home run, you get more points. If you do it in a row and each catch, you get more points. If you do that in a row as well, Uh, each event will feature a winner and the tour will culminate in a knockout tournament to determine the home run Derby X tour champions at the final event. So we know those guys that I listed earlier, those are like the, the, the big names, quote unquote, big names that are attached to the all-stars <laughs> or whatever that are attached to the event. Uh, teams can offer up minor league players. It's, that's going to all kind of filter its way out of who's going to be okay. participating in it. But really it is a home run Derby tournament global thing that's happening. And we're going to see some old mans cranking some juiced up balls over the fence I, for one, am really for this. I would yeah. buy a ticket if it was coming to Denver. I think it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I like it. I, any any sort of outreach program like this, I think, is great. I do kind of question, like you were already, who that copy was for, uh, in that it had to explain that the Home Run Derby is before the All-Star game, but also references a video game from 2005, <laughs> so I don't know who this is for. Um, but hey, great. I love it. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, why not? Right? Why and, not? And I could see of of this?
1: If, if Home Run Derby X Tour or whatever the hell it's called, if that comes to your city and you have friends or a, a spouse or whoever who's not super into baseball, I bet you could convince them to go to this because I have, I imagine there's going to be a DJ, fireworks, pyrotechnics, and there's going to yeah. be a lot of swagger for the players. Um, if I remember anything about Adrian Gonzalez's playing career, he's going to bring a bunch of, he, he'll he probably take a bit of a heel or kind of, you know, be, be poking people <laughs> a little bit and have a lot of fun with that. So I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. I, 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 I think like you were kind of getting at, I applaud the MLB for trying something interesting and putting some cash yep. behind it and kind of seeing what happens.
0: Well, Ben, I'll tell you what the smell of fresh dinger in the air will be, uh, <laughs> yeah. will be strong. <laughs> I hate that.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, anytime when you say that, it's making me think of the Rockies mascot, whose name is Dinger. Now I'm just yeah. I'm smelling a dinosaur.
0: Yep. Maybe that's what the Dinger smell is—is is just like old mascot <laughs> helmet, you
1: know? <laughs> yeah, I do know. Thank you.
0: Just burn some of your socks. That's that's our that's our yeah. candle. Ugh. Hmm. If you love our show, shove some socks into a cup and light them on fire. That's the talking about birds candle.
1: That ugh.
0: <laughs> Now available on our store.
1: In your drawers.
0: <laughs> ugh. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up and move into our final segment of the day. Uh, this week, we are doing a slightly different style of game. Uh, instead of me just challenging Ben with uh, stupid, random things. We're going to play a little game together. uh, Something we're calling Draft Day Heroes and Hatchlings Edition. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is how this is going to work. Ben and I are going to draft from the Cardinals roster the 28 man and then anyone after it so it's sort of two different uh, groups of players that we can pull from we're going to draft six total players six uh, each and three of them have to be from the 28 man three of them have to be from not the 28 man uh, I'm going to flip a coin here We'll see who goes first and we're going to go back and forth. And at the end of the year, whichever group of six has the most fan graphs war will be the winner. We'll also look at, uh, you know, overall and then we'll look at who had the best uh, 28 man draft and who had the best uh, non 28 man draft. Does that make sense?
1: Makes sense to me. Yeah. And the only other thing I want to throw out there is like, let's say I pick, um, Tommy Edmond and somehow Tommy Edmond puts up a negative war this year that subtracts from my total. It'll, yes. However that plays out. So if we pick a rookie, it's more likely to be a rookie or a guy, not on the big league roster. Um, or let's say Palante and Palante gets blown up. You get all that negative war.
0: Yep. Um, so I've got a, uh, I've got a screen here.
1: I don't know. He's flipping a coin on a computer. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. Heads yep. or tails? I'll go heads.
1: Most exciting thing in podcasting, and Ben oh. wins. <laughs> yes. Ben wins. I like. Damn. I do appreciate that it actually made the coin flipping noise. That I do was too. good. I hadn't.
0: I hadn't done it until until that moment. You didn't so. even test it. Wow. I didn't even test. We did it live. All right, Ben, you have the first overall pick. Uh, who you got?
1: I mean, this has got to be pretty easy, especially when I'm looking over this roster. Uh, I'm going to have to go with my boy, Big Paul, coming out hot, possible MVP candidate this year. Give me Paul Goldschmidt.
0: Yeah, I think there was two obvious choices for at least the highest floor yeah. here. Um, and you're going with Paul. I think I probably would have done that as well, uh, with the first overall pick. Um, so I'll just go quick here. My second pick, you know, he's got that hot corner, Nolan Arenado. Wow. I, I think, uh, he's amped up. He thinks, uh, the, the offensive production he had last year while great, uh, was not good enough. And we know he's got that high floor with, uh, the defense at third base. So I gotta go yeah. with Nolan Arenado uh for the for my first pick
1: yeah i think that's smart um i was going to say him uh as well but now i get to go with for the boys big daddy tyler (laughs) tyler o'neill gimme him uh i mean this guy's gonna put up he might go 30 30 this year who knows what he's going to do he also might strike out 200 times but he is going to go off
0: yeah well I think you know we're we're clearly baking in some of the risk here because uh last year Tyler O'Neill led the Cardinals in Fangrafts War. war right. um by uh by a half a war so he put up 5.4 and then after him was Paul Goldschmidt at 4.9 and so we both went with uh we went with number 2 and number 3 uh where Arenado had 4.0 um you know for the yeah, that- season we we took both of them over O'Neal, I think because of that risk.
1: That decade of production behind behind those other two players definitely makes me feel a lot more confident. But yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I'll still bet on Tyler.
0: I was really hoping for that uh, first overall pick in order to pair, you know, get the... Because I figured this is probably how this was going to go. I almost took uh, for Du Bois, uh, Ty Ty, a number two. But, uh, you know, I'll take the safe one with Arenado. Right. So uh, with my next pick... This is where it actually starts to get interesting, right? Because now we're really starting to uh, to call who's who's that breakout, who's right. taking the next step up. And I got to go with our previous bold prediction. I got to go, Dill Carl here. Dylan oh, Carlson, yeah. Come that's, on down. That's the
1: move. That's the move. I yeah. thought you were going to go somewhere else, but that's, that's the move. Ah. That's what I would have done.
0: I almost, uh, I'm not going to say, but yeah. uh, I, I've got to go Dylan Carlson for all the reasons we talked about earlier in the episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, part of me really wants to take a picture here, uh, but I'm going to go back and I'm, I'm going to kind of lean on what I believe is going to happen. I think that Bader's got a contractor yeah. under him. He's going to be healthy. He's going to put up big numbers, uh, war numbers for, with the defense alone. So uh, give me Harrison Bader as my final pick for the uh, the big Cardinals, the heroes the heroes and hatchlings that my last (laughs) hero is,
0: is Harry Bader. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's, so that's who I almost took instead of Carlson, but, um, because that, that floor there with, with Bader, you've got that defense. Um, I like it. Okay. For the last of my heroes, This is
1: tough. Mm-hmm. This is tough. Well, I, I'm going to kind of think out loud for you. I'm guessing you're thinking... I mean, Giovanna Gallegos makes some sense. Waino makes yeah. some sense. Miles makes some sense. Uh, yeah. There's obviously DeYoung if you're buying the the comeback.
0: Yeah. Um, I've been going between Waino and DeYoung, and I think I'm going to go with... Waino uh, put up almost four last year, 3.9. Uh, I'm not expecting him to replicate that uh in fact we both just picked other pitchers to have the best season but for this game i'm taking the safer bet and i am gonna go with adam wainwright wow. uh, for my for my last pick
1: wow um
0: i think gallegos is gonna have a great season uh but i i can't gamble on any one reliever like yeah. that not with these stakes on the line <laughs> oh <laughs> all right so we've both completed our uh Um, our our heroes section uh pulling from the 28 man um you've got paul goldschmidt tyler o'neill and harrison Bader, great three i've got nolan arenado dylan carlson and adam wainwright brave Uh, yeah now um for the miners
1: the hatchlings Uh, For the miners, and and I'm going to take this guy purely because I think he's going to come up very quickly, and I think he's going to produce enough to be relevant. Give me Brendan Donovan.
0: Wow, you're going straight to Brendan Donovan. And that is
1: purely he's going to come up and, you know, war's accounting stat. He's going to come up and accumulate right away, I think.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, then I am going to take... I'm gonna go with Nolan Gorman. Yeah, that's I, I think smart. we we both already talked about why he's coming up. Uh, he'll, we both think he'll be up sooner rather than later, and I think playing second base will see some good defense. Uh, but he's gonna he's gonna hit the ball and uh, win me this game. All right, your uh, your your next pick.
1: Well, that's definitely who I wanted to take. Um, so I'm obviously you know not happy about that. But I guess I'll survive. I think I'm going to have to go with somebody who, again, who I expect to be up again. I think he's going to lock in his control issues. Everything's going to be happy. Give me Johan Oviedo.
0: Nice. Okay. Yeah, I thought about him. Um, Yeah, we both are big fans of him. I think he is going to be a big part of the Cardinals for a long time. I'm not as sold on as this year, though.
1: He also could be somebody who subtracts quite a bit of war from my end year total. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that goes.
0: Pitcher's risky. Yes, um, Well, I'm just going to keep going real quick. I'm going Juan Yepez. between yep. him and Gorman. One of those two. I'm yep. getting, I'm getting some good quality production from.
1: I All hate right. to say it, but that's probably smart. So good job, Nate.
0: What's your last pick?
1: Oh, this one is tough. My last pick is going to have to be. Oh no. I don't know. Not Spangenberg. I <laughs> was worried <laughs> you were gonna take my pick. Uh man, I uh I want to take another bat, I think. <sighs> I'm gonna buy because just you know I'm I've been leaning into the Alec Burleson breakout all all spring training. I'm gonna say Alec. He's gonna get some big league at bats and he's going to impress.
0: Yeah, I love Alec Burleson as well. Okay, um, with my last pick, I'm gonna go with. bom I think this guy's getting called up. We're gonna need him. We've talked about why we're gonna need him. I think he's ready. Matthew Liberator, come on down. You are my last pick. Wow. Either the bullpen spot starts by the end of the season. Uh, I think he's going to accumulate some and really help put my team over the, over the edge and crush uh, Ben's team of players that I love but I'm now forced to hate.
1: well you you lost the draft in the first half so i'm not even really worried about it
0: (laughs) wow by picking like your favorite players (laughs) nolan arenado adam wainwright and dylan carlson
1: yeah yeah you lost
0: okay (laughs) um i hope we both win wow wouldn't that be great so we'll check in on this uh time by time throughout the year uh and i guess we hope that uh they all do well, but personally, I hope that mine do slightly better than yours.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely not going to be obnoxious when one of those three uh, kids comes up and does well. Yeah. I, I definitely won't bring that up on the podcast, and I won't be uh, annoying <laughs> about it, I swear.
0: Uh, if you have thoughts about how you would have drafted differently than how we just did, tweet us at TalkAboutBirds. We'd love to hear your hot takes and your uh, your hot picks for the, uh, for the 2022 season. Yeah, hashtag
1: uh, heroes and hatchlings. Hashtag- yeah, her- hashtag
0: heroes and hatchlings. There, go, there we yeah. go. Uh, And with that, uh, that will be the end of this episode. Uh, Again, we did it. We're here. Happy opening day. Uh, I can't believe it's finally here. Um, I guess until next week, go Cardinals. Let's go.
1: Bop beep bop beep bop beep Did you get a haircut?
0: Uh, no. Oh, not, well, not it looks awesome. worse today. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, it's it's an ever evolving level, somewhere between bad and <laughs> or, and and worse. Um, yeah. But now we're on camera. Let me let me just do things that make no difference here. Okay. Uh, I'd
1: like this to be the intro of the episode, relevant <laughs> to whatever plans you think you had. All right, here we go.